Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are fewer films. Well, hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of Inside the Sequel. I am your host, as always, uh, that is Chris Hurtado. I say my last name so people can stalk me and eventually defame <laughs> me, and uh, my employers will hear, and eventually I'll be out of a job, and then I'll have more free time to podcast, which means more content for all you goblins that like devour this shit. Um, I'm so happy to be recording our last episode of the month. Um, the highly anticipated, at least I like to think, because I have no clue how it's going to go. But today we are talking about the 1988 sequel, Caddyshack 2. And with me today, the man himself, he's all about the 80s films. He really wanted to talk about this one. I didn't even know this movie fucking existed. <laughs> what? what? Wait, it is notoriously terrible. I can't even believe you never even heard of it. Hey, Doug, let's go back to 1988, and let's mm -hmm. watch Caddyshack 2. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! What goes around, comes around. Welcome back to Caddyshack. Hey, Ty, you're looking well. Hey, nice to see you, Vinny. Uh, Ted, whatever. Bushwood Country Club. So... You want to join old Bushwood, huh? Where snobbery is a way of life. We just don't feel your Bushwood material. I want to buy Bushwood Country Club. Well, let me ask you this. Do I own it? But now its members are going to get what they deserve. What do you think? Isn't it great? Huh? It's great, huh? Isn't it? Huh? Good God. The shack is back. Our members will never stand for this. It's a story of high culture. I was looking for a polygrip. No, no. That loose stuff you put your combs in? No. And subculture. I got you now, you little furry freak. Sophisticated ladies. Ooh, you did that on purpose. Well, I won't be a caddy all my life. I'm going to car wash school in the fall. And perfect gentlemen. Have you ever seen a crisp $50 bill? I tell you what, if I pull the arrow out, will you? Please, suck out the poison for me. Caddyshack 2. Is there any money in it for me? Oh. <laughs> I I am thrilled. First of all, Chris, thank you for having me back on. Oh, I, yeah. Hold on. Piece of shit. I didn't even say what? who the guest was. It's Doug McCambridge from Good Times Great Movies. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I figured people would use context clues or... Read the description. I don't know. But no, th thanks for having me back. Um, I This movie was buried so deep in the recesses of my mind that I kind of forgot it existed and also kind of forgot that I must have seen this at least 10 times as a kid. <laughs> this is now, very I much inside the sequel like content, like this movie. Oh, no, no, no. It, it totally is. And, and I am about to... 
rag on your podcast just for a second. Please do. And possibly a guest or two. But I can only think of one example. Because sometimes I listen to podcasts. Again, I'm just going to use yours as an example. Because I can't (laughs) think of any other specific examples. And I tune in and I hear somebody coming on saying, you know what's a great movie? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm not listening. That's garbage. I can't believe people love this shit. And that is this movie for me. (laughs) Shout out Nathan Jones with that one. (laughs) I, I have no right to ever, ever tell someone that they have bad taste in movies or that something that they like for nostalgic purposes is bad if this is the thing that i'm gonna bring to you bruh i want you to know right now doug that you are officially the guest with the lowest tomometer score film that we're Mm -hmm. talking about everybody knows what the tomometer is (laughs) (laughs) like this is the worst regarded (laughs) film um and and i'm so excited for it it's gonna be on this fucking dumb show like i'm so excited for it (laughs) And I, I don't want you to ruin your thoughts. I don't know what we're building up to here, anything like that. Um, before I watched it for the show, because I kind of like, I, it's like I buried this movie away for, I don't know, 20 years? That It had to have been at least, oh God, longer. More than 20 years since I had seen this. Mm-hmm. And it finally came to me and I was like, oh yeah, that would be something fun to maybe talk about. I remember liking it as a kid, whatever. I'm sure it's garbage, blah, blah, blah. I fire this thing up on Hulu. I start watching it. First of all, I knew this film beat for beat. I don't know (laughs) how many times I watched it as a kid on HBO, but nothing was surprising. I knew so much of the dialogue. I knew every scene before it happened. And I was so pleasantly surprised that it was just as good as I remembered. <laughs> Dude, you said this was a sequel that you have buried in the depths of your mind that you yeah. almost forgot. Yeah, that's um, that's for the for me the movie that I have that mindset with is After Porn Ends Two with Lisa Ann on the mm-hmm. cover. That's my sequel that I like to like bury in the deep depths of my uh, mind. And um, and if anybody knows that movie, okay. please talk to me so we can. Talk about it. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What is this? What is this movie? So there was a series of like, I don't know who actually put them out. It was a, it must've been a family video exclusive kind of like deal. Cause they would put out these like movies called after porn ends and I would rent them cause the word porn was on them. But it uh, wasn't about porn. Like I think it's about like throwing shade at the business and the girls and men coming out about how shitty it was. So yeah, it was, okay. it was pretty detrimental to me as a you know adolescent and an adult. So, <laughs> so you would watch documentaries on porn? <laughs> you know, adult Who, film. Where did adult you get film, these? Adult films are really coming becoming tasteful on film Twitter now, and oh, um, and on Letterboxd. Yeah, you can get you can like now, yeah Letterboxd four, now. You can start tallying yeah. them. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think um was it Vinegar Syndrome put out a 4K of Sex World? Sex World Go on a spree. Sex World Come here with me. I was like, what universe am I living in right now? A great one. I can't wait to buy it during the Black Friday sale. <laughs> 
I hope my parents are listening to this and they're just like, oh, our kid knows what porn is. I'm so embarrassed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No parent ever wants their kid to know. It doesn't matter what their age is. Uh, Well, at the ripe age of 25 for today's Mm. episode, Doug, to show you how excited I am for this movie, I'm drinking a uh, rum and Coke, hard, and a Red Bull. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Okay. On an empty stomach. At some point, I might have to end this podcast. I'm not sure. (laughs) So for those who think I don't put my heart and soul into this podcast, which I really don't, um, today's evident that I put my liver and my heart on the line for this one. Um, That's all that matters. Yeah. So tell me about, tell me about good times, great movies. You know, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I love how, again, last time when you were here for hello, Mm -hmm. Mary Lou prom night too. (laughs) I, uh, I'm a big fan and I love to tune in and you always have great Aww. guests that know how to juggle <laughs> the, uh, the concept of like an eighties movie with also, mm-hmm. you know, <sighs> the hosts. I mean, that's, I mean, first of all, that's really nice of you to say. Um, we, yeah, we're an eighties movie podcast and we kind of just, you know, take the piss out of movies from the eighties, whether we like them or not. I mean, we can, we can, you know, kick around movies that are legitimately great. Um, we tend to seek out movies that we've either never seen before um, or things that no one has really ever heard of or sometimes we've never heard of. Um, we did just rap, and you're talking about guests. We don't normally have guests on the show. Normally, it's just myself and Jamie. We did something this past summer called uh, the Summer Sidekicks mm-hmm. where we had people come on. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um Editing three audio tracks, not quite as fun. I'm not saying that I don't want guests again. That was great. But editing-wise, like that was that was a real challenge there. Uh, yeah, our latest episode, I don't know. You said this is coming out at the end of the month? Duh. Wait, the end of the month it's, is like oh, here. Yeah, it's, it's dropping tomorrow, Doug. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. All right, okay. Uh, <laughs> our latest episode is uh, Star Trek Three. Mm-hmm. We talked about yeah. uh, it's the... It's the longest episode we ever recorded, and it's probably the most in-depth, and that's only because of our wonderful guest who kept us on track Mm -hmm. and didn't allow us to make as many jokes as we usually do. I noticed. Um, And (laughs) he's great. Dice K is amazing. He's the nicest person you will ever speak to, I mean, online. Yeah. I mean, unless you go to Japan. Um, And then the next episode, uh, my birthday is coming up, so I get to pick the episode we do and I had only read the synopsis of a movie where Gary Busey hides in the attic of Mimi Rogers house (laughs) and the movie is called Hider in the house oh my god I was just talking about Gary Busey today too (laughs) yeah I had to watch it and not to spoil anything it's amazing like it is it's a movie that was put out by Vestron um, but they went bankrupt and never released it into theaters and dumped it on TV like a couple years later. This thing is like a precursor to like those um, like cozy family thrillers like, uh, you know, Hand That Rocks the Cradle, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Single White Female, stuff like that. It's a precursor to those, and it is legitimately a great movie where everyone in it is killing it, just giving it their all. They think they're acting in something that is important and is going to be seen by people, and it never was. <laughs> I uh, 
I when I was I was talking about Gary Busey actually today on, upon recording because mm-hmm. I was thinking about we were talking about Stephen King movies and I I was like oh sure. Silver Bullet I didn't watch all of it but <laughs> from what I because I so you know Daniel Appler I know you do um, yeah of course so sometimes um, in the past and currently he stays at my apartment when we're you know commingling and uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when his wife throws him out. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, I I think sometimes he knows he's overstayed his welcome and he comes back crawling back to me. Um, No, I get it. Yeah. I'm actually like the uh, the puppet master of this whole uh, relationship, him and I. Oh, oh, that's so nice. So he he comes over and brings a shit ton of Blu-rays. And, uh, of course, I tried Mm -hmm. to figure out which ones I should try and see if he would notice if I took and and whatnot. Anyway, he was watching Silver Bullet and uh, I came home. Um, when he was like halfway through it and with Gary Busey in it, and I was surprised with the quality. And, uh, even though halfway through the movie, like the second half, I was like, this movie's really good. I kind of want to have yeah. it, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of funny. You were talking about Gary Busey there. I, I would suggest, first of all, we did it for our show. Uh, I think it's a Patreon thing. People, you don't have to pay for it. It's fine. I, I don't give um, Doug fucking money except to come yeah, on no, here. No, no, of course. <laughs> no, but sh- I will tell you right now, it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> We we did it, and listen, if you like the second half of that movie, I actually prefer the first half. Like, I really like the buildup, uh-huh. and Gary Busey's character introduced early, you don't quite understand his relationship to anyone or anything. He really feels like he's in a different movie from the moment he enters scene, <laughs> so I would check the whole thing out. It's really worth it. Well, I'm... Uh... Yeah, I probably am going to buy it once I find it on a discount. And then, uh, yeah, dude, your birthday's coming up. I think that's really awesome. Um, I want to take this part this part of the podcast to just really gush about your show and just you. Um, oh. I'm, like, again, I look at you as someone I didn't think I would ever get to have on this podcast. So I think that's really cool that you're coming back for a second time. So I'm totally, you know, fanboying. Um, but I mean, first of all, I know you're joking, but also I did cancel on you. So I, I must be in demand or something. I, just need good- I had to, I had to ditch out. There was a bigger podcast. It really wanted me. No, I, this is like I said in previous episodes, this is the podcast. It's a stepping stone. If you're on here, don't think it's great, but great things will be coming your way. Um, it's more fun. Listen, I've been on. I've been guests on a lot of shows. This is not a brag because that's nothing to brag about. <laughs> Being on a lot of podcasts is nothing worth bragging about. <laughs> this is one of the more fun shows I've been on, 100%. Oh, I'm glad. I, that's If we can mm-hmm. be at least entertaining, I mean, then <clears throat> the year's over. Actually, speaking of yeah. the year, we're talking about a lot of things. That's the Red Bull coming in, and then I'm subdued with No, that's the... okay. I mean, we're literally just jerking each other off for the first <laughs> 10 who, minutes of this But who's podcast? gonna come first? That's what I want to know, Doug. I feel like you're, oh. you're not a one-pump chump, and I'm trying not to be, because usually Listen, I am. Um, I don't know where you're getting your information. Clearly not from anyone <laughs> I've dated or my wife. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, but believe it or not, Doug, and you should feel special. Oh, I do. Don't worry about it. <laughs> For what reason? I'm not sure. Well, um, upon the you know the airing of this episode, uh, we have mm-hmm. completed a whole year of uh, Inside the what? Sequel. Yeah, we're at a year. Isn't that crazy? And, dude, you're doing this like every week. I couldn't even imagine. Like, I, I have a hard time watching two movies a month for my stupid show. Like, that is challenging for me. And you're bringing on guests each and every time. Like, at least I, I mean, I just have a stable co-host and, and that's that. I couldn't imagine having to schedule people, 
sitting down to do this each and every week and having to watch Caddyshack 2 <laughs> at someone's request. You know, we started this podcast at Bride of Frankenstein, the highest of cinema pinnacles, and then we're going to wow. end it with fucking Caddyshack 2, and I could not be more And by happy. end it, you mean this is over. Like, this is the last episode of this podcast. You know, there's some nights, Doug, where I'm drinking my vodka, to- my, yeah, vodka tonic, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I think we're going to end the podcast after this month, and there's always one or two <laughs> guests that I, li- I record with, and... Daniel gives me some courage and Matt Bledsoe will, you know, say something super sweet and I'll be like, damn it. I can't just stop now. No, that's, uh, that's really nice. And and I mean, that's what this to me, like I said, yeah, I have a Patreon. I'm not in it to make money. Like this is, it's just a hobby. And it's like, you know, professional athletes say like when it's no longer fun, I'm going to hang it up. But (laughs) as long as I keep enjoying this, I don't care how few people are listening. I don't care if the numbers go all the way down. They were all the way down when I started, and it was super fun then. So I'm I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did because you've saved me a lot of money, Doug, uh, with your episode. Because, like, how the hell else am I going to disparage which Screen Factor releases to buy or not without listening to your podcast? Mm. Like, when you... Li- That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> also, don't buy a lot of them. They're very expensive. Oh, I know. I only buy secondhand. I'm, I'm the sniper of, yeah. the, of my group of uh, friends where we buy Blu-rays. Yeah, I was going to buy Spellbinder, and um, I listened to your podcast. I put it down, and I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to go back to buy it after listening to that Spellbinder episode you put out. Yeah. With uh, Lauren Cannon. Yeah. Good episode. That was... You You should buy it. I mean, I... Well, Laura was nice enough to gift it to me because I went on... Um, I think it was Kino. Like, Kino put it out. And I went on... I had it in my stupid cart. Mm-hmm. And I was like... And I do not think that people listen to our episode. Like, I, I really don't. Like, I get the numbers. And I know that people listen, but I never feel like there's any sort of impact. So <laughs> I had this stupid movie in my cart. We record the episode. I put it out. I'm finally like, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm just going to get it. Not wait for a sale. I go on. It's totally sold out. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and then it arrives in the mail. Laura was nice enough to buy it and send it to me, which was really great of her. Um, but yeah, it's sold out through uh, Kino, so now it's pretty expensive. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that at the time, Doug. And then when I went back, it was gone um, yeah. at our vintage stock or whatever. So, but like I said, I love listening to your podcast, and I was going to keep it secret until we recorded. Um, Dicecape mm-hmm. uh, Bapku, um, I really like that guy a lot. When I was really getting yeah. into just like my early days of uh, degenerate YouTubing, mm-hmm. um, he was one of the guys I looked up to a lot, um, and I was fortunate enough to talk to him personally, like uh, like through one on one chats and stuff. And oh, okay, he's a really yeah. great guy, and he gave me some advice. And uh, maybe I didn't take all of it, <laughs> which is explaining why I'm here now. Uh, but <laughs> but he, I, I love his YouTube channel, and I love what he's done. And when I saw that you had him on, I was yeah. like, oh, dude. This is like he was, this was this is gonna be a good episode, and it, it was a good episode. Yeah, he's just he's just the most kind, sincere person. I, I, I mean, I just and and I'm not saying that that's rare. Those people are out there, but maybe not in the circles that I run in. <laughs> and, and it's just it's just so refreshing, and and he's so nice. And I met him um, through Aaron West. We we were on an episode of uh, Criterion Now together. Yeah. And that's when I first got a chance to talk to him. And I was like, I gotta, 
I got to figure out some way to talk to this guy more often. Yeah, I'd be more bitter towards Criterion if I didn't respect Daisuke because because uh, <laughs> uh, he he's always the one that kind of brings me back and yeah. and it, you know when he talks about um, just that label in those films, it yeah. reminds me like why we kind of get into the things we do because it's sure. for the love of the film and clear cases with with the awesome release, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I I a hundred percent agree i feel the same way yeah and if daisuke's listening uh, i which i highly doubt if he is though i'm still not gonna buy that criterion 4k of citizen kane um that still makes me want to vomit that that release is coming out but that's just no are you is it just the idea of the release or is it that giant k on the cover what is it (laughs) it's a mix of both (laughs) for me it's the k on the cover like if that doesn't change i'm not gonna buy it even if it does i'm not sure i need it i already have it in blu-ray i'm fine (laughs) i just uh it's it's just i don't know doug you can't you catch my energy when it comes to things Mm -hmm. like this in which i i've been holding it in um Criterion putting out a 4K and their first 4K is Citizen Kane. I just want to mm-hmm. barf. It's just like too cliche. It's just too on the nose. It's just like <laughs> people were pissed that Godzilla, the Showa era came out on Spy Number 1000, which I thought was a the perfect release. It's what, the best release right. Criterion's ever done. And uh, yeah. people were mad that it wasn't Citizen Kane. And then you get the first 4K of, Criter- of, of Criterion being Citizen Kane. It's just like... Okay, well, <laughs> what else would it have been, I guess? You know, wow, big whoop. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Like, I feel like, I don't know, people get so wrapped up in these, in these even number releases and everything like that, and I do find it kind of funny sometimes yeah. when Criterion just releases something. I feel something like, Doug, that... when I get older and mature, I'm going to be like you, so when you tell me these things at your age, I get really excited. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> No, I enjoy it sometimes when Criterion kind of like, I'm not saying like punks their own fans and stuff like that, but just (laughs) releases something you've never heard of, never thought they'd do. And you're like, what? This is released 300. Like, I don't, I don't quite understand what you're doing here. It, it, it feels so on the nose, but it almost feels like they couldn't do anything other than that. Like it would have been a crazy insult to all these people that are so wrapped up if they didn't do that. So I understand it. I'm not going to be first in line to get it. I can't imagine the price point. I'm sure it's going to be this ridiculously big box with like five discs in it or something. I don't even know. Maybe the specs are out. Maybe I just don't care enough to even learn. It better come in with a a one-year subscription to Netflix and a physical copy of Mank included in it. I'm going to be rioting. (laughs) <laughs> right um, yeah, that's what everybody wants to watch is mank <laughs> well i mean it only makes sense right i mean i mean well, what was that what was that documentary or not documentary uh the film about um orson welles like uh about, his life. It had some is it, it life? had some numbers in it in the title it had something to do with Citizen Kane. Never mind. I'm, I sound like an uh, do you think, now. Do you think we know film knowledge on this podcast, Doug? This is not no, the place no, no. for it. I mean, no. we house no, exclusively I... error releases on here. And I will say error release does kind of, you know, fumble the bag, so to speak, um, for mm-hmm. my cool hip friends who listen to this podcast. Because they put out things like 12 Monkeys and, like, standard Blu-ray, nope. re- like, yep. you know, standard movies that come out on Blu-ray. They get them on, like, a really pristine, like, Pitch, pitch Black out of... 
a 4K or a 4K release yeah. from Arrow, and I love Pitch Black, but my God, it does not need an Arrow 4K. Um, yeah, but but now we just sound like whiny babies. Like that's what we are here, Doug. Come I on. know, I know, but it's it's one of those things where I get mad sometimes when people do this, and I'm like, well, the label doesn't work for you. They're going to put out whatever the hell they want, and then I stand up and complain all the time well, when I do this. Well, same you're thing. a big label guy. Um, what's up with this new Severin box that I keep hearing about? Have you heard about this? I oh I um did I hear about it? F- I fucking pre-ordered that thing, man. <laughs> this is so in my goddamn wheelhouse. I will watch folk horror. All day long. I love it. I love it so much. Doug, you fucking menace. Yes. Fatherless activity on this podcast right now. Oh. Jesus. I I I listen to the I don't know if you listen to the Severin podcast. If you don't, it's probably not really worth it. But um I was so interested in this and they had a podcast where they went through each and every film and gave a synopsis and talked about transfers and all this nerdy shit and I was totally down with it. There's like 20 movies on this thing and then a couple bonus films and then like 20 other short films and TV shows and all sorts of stuff. I'm super excited. Holy shit, I'm going to come. Yeah. Well, you lost that. <laughs> he remembered. <laughs> all right. Um, no, that's a great box set. I mean, I didn't know if Severin was like canceled or not yet. So when I heard a release from them that people were all excited mm-hmm. for, I was like, wait, is this the same boutique label that releases their releases with fucking black cases that we canceled because of a PR uh, mishap? We're cool with them now because of whole- Wait, what happened? Am I not? I'm not in the loop with this. Doug, you I gotta no be on Twitter. You gotta be on Twitter 24 seven, man. Apparently, there's I a. Can't, I can't. Apparently, I they can't. were like cursing out customers on their Twitter at one point months and months ago. It's such it's such trivial drama that like I hang <laughs> near and dear That's to great. with me because I'm petty as shit like that. <laughs> This is why we're on like the ninth circle of hell of podcasts. You know, we're like here with like the podcast with two other listeners and like, oh, in, you know. okay. Wait, was it their Twitter where they were like, no, we're not going to release that shit. Like, yeah, and they got like, people up we'll in release numbers. whatever we want to. Sometimes we we release crap, but you assholes buy it or something. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it was really funny. It was very, yes, yeah, I, it was very inside <laughs> the sequel energy. But like, it, yeah. the the hype was to get mad, so I just joined the hype of getting mad for no reason. Oh yeah. I loved it too because it was so out of left field. It was like someone brought their nephew in and he took over their Twitter feed for like 20 <laughs> minutes. It was really awesome. <laughs> uh, could you imagine if I was on Severin's fucking Twitter page? Like if Wouldn't I was like great. in charge of it? Oh my God. I would put me on cri- Criterion. Put me on your Twitter and all your social media. I will humble some purchasers. And I know sales would skyrocket. I just have a feeling. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to get a call tomorrow from Criterion. (laughs) Yeah, could you imagine? They're like, what's on your resume? Well, I talked about Caddyshack 2 from 1988. (laughs) I think that would be a great spine 1,500 release, if that's cool. Doug, I I cannot begin to tell you how, like, humbling, but also, like, just like how like crazy this watch was for me because as someone who grew so, this oh yeah go ahead this is coming from a boy who grew up in northern mm-hmm. illinois an hour and a half from chicago who saw ghostbusters in millennium park in chicago rode the l train he romanticizes chicago as his city mm-hmm. even though he never technically lived in it harold ramus is a god amongst men in cinema sure. and mm-hmm. then i watched yeah. caddyshack too <laughs> 
which he fucking wrote and rest I God rest his soul. I believe that. <laughs> I, I could, you I would have I would have bet I would have bet real money that he had nothing to do with this. And when his name came up as written by I was floored because, again, I knew what I was in store for. That was shocking to me. Doug, this movie has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't even believe, like, just, I don't know, by playing the averages, it should be above 10. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised. And here's what I, here's what I want to say, and this will make my, I don't want to say, I think love is a strong word for this movie. <laughs> no, don't say the L word. This is going to make my acceptance or or tolerance for this movie even stranger. Um, I was probably, I don't know, what are we saying, 88? I was about 10 years old. Um, my mom took me to see this in the theater. Uh, I don't remember the experience. I don't remember what her reaction was afterwards, but I know I saw it in the theater. And then the next year I saw it on HBO and back then what HBO would do. And I'm just imagining this is what they did. I have no idea. They would just buy packages of like 20 movies over the summer <laughs> and just play those 20 <laughs> movies in a loop. So I must've watched this movie at least 10 to 12 times during a single summer. <laughs> and then it just went away. It just went away. I never thought about it again. I never saw it. And in the meantime, I mean, we're talking about late 80s mm -hmm. that I saw this for the first time. I had never seen the original. Oh, my I God. Knew the, yeah, <laughs> I knew the hype around it. I knew what a big deal it was. I didn't see it till I was in college. And I remember watching it and just going, this? This is what everybody thinks is one of the funniest movies? I, I hate the original Caddyshack. <laughs> I don't find anything in it amusing. Bill Murray's fine not great but i i really don't like the original caddyshack and i think this movie messed me up and just ruined my ability to enjoy the original <laughs> this is the most fucked up story i've ever <laughs> <laughs> i can't watch caddyshack now i've tried to watch it three times i hate it oh my god you can and you hate baby ruth too probably right yep yeah. definitely yeah. it's not a funny joke i'm like this is not funny you idiots oh this god. isn't funny jackie mason he's funny okay so <laughs> <laughs> again it's, it's a little boy who romanticizes chicago bill murray is like a god you know to yeah. me like seeing him at like cubs at wrigley at wrigley field at soldier field just bill mm -hmm. murray the day Something bad ever happens to him is the day I, I cry the whole day. Um, right. Because, like, he, he, now, I love him to death. And Now, I do, I do want to get one thing out of the way before we get too deep into this movie. Mm -hmm. I, I thought this as a kid, and I still think it now. Dan Aykroyd is the worst fucking part of this movie. He is terrible. Okay. You, did, you didn't even need that. You read my notes. You voice read my notes. He's doing is <laughs> it's. It is, it's awful. Like his quote unquote performance is insane and has no place in the rest of this movie. That's a good point to probably start with this movie because yeah. Dan Aykroyd, let's talk about him real quick. I have never found Dan Aykroyd funny, whether it's no. Ghostbusters, 
fucking Caddyshack 2, which I didn't know he was in until he showed up. And I could have done his part better like, than him. Like, and yeah, like more than halfway through the movie, Dan Aykroyd yeah, shows up. Yeah, it's like it's mildly offensive to an extent. Not to like you know, not mildly offensive right. to like a certain group of people, but just like to film in general, it's mildly yes. offensive. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, thankfully, most of his scenes. He's alone, so <laughs> the other actors shouldn't be all that offended. The fucking gopher, Doug, in this movie did Holy better shit. than fucking Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, for the me. The gopher that wants to fuck a poodle at the end of this movie? I <laughs> That's the closest we got to any sort of sexual attention in this movie. Compared to the... We don't need sexual attention. We don't need... Okay. Listen, for some reason, Diane Cannon is all over Jackie Mason. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. So Caddyshack 1, real quick though, Caddyshack 1, mm -hmm. I wondered, because like people are wondering, we're talking about Caddyshack 2, but people want to probably hear a little bit about Caddyshack, the first one, because oddly enough, this movie's iconic for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I've never, and I've seen this movie like four or five times too, and okay. every time I watch it, Doug, for the life of me, I put myself in the mindset of someone in the early 80s, you know, big on SNL and Chevy Chase and these National Lampoon films. I still cannot for the life of me understand why this movie is so goddamn iconic to people. Yeah. I cannot. I, I can't either, but but I think in my case in um it, it really is something about it being overhyped. Because I had I had a very similar well, I guess it would be the exact opposite um reaction to Animal House where I knew about Animal House, but I guess I just didn't hear the hype surrounding it. And I probably saw that around the same time I saw uh, the first Caddyshack. And I loved Animal House. I, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was just a wonderful film. And I know so many people that despise that movie. And I think for them, it's because it was built up so much before they finally saw it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Harold Ramis is a wonderful writer. And I think... Mm -hmm. People don't accredit his writing skills for the time of these comedies. Sure. Because most of Stripes is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think, and I'm not, I, maybe I'm a little biased because he's a, he's a Chicago legend. I remember watching Ghostbusters sure. at Millennium Park in the summer he died, like the year he died in the summer, um, watching Ghostbusters and the whole city was basically there and I got a great seat and everyone, there was a big thing right. for Harold Ramis and, uh, um, I think even Bill Murray was there. Yeah, I, yeah, Bill Murray was there for like a second. Um, didn't get to see him, but uh, yeah, I, I love Harold Ramis's writing. He's he was so intelligent, yeah. but I I think his flaw was the the comedy does not age well, and I think that comedy actors at that time are nowhere near as talented as comedy actors are today. And I think, like you said, movies like this get overhyped. Like what it, in twenty ten twenty years from now. I mean, what's t what's the Hangover movies and like Zach Galifianakis and like Ed Helms, you know? Well, I, I hate those movies now. <laughs> Do you remember how big those Hangover movies were, though? Oh, they were enormous. Like they were everything. Like everything. People would go out Halloween dressed as characters from a stupid comedy. <laughs> I could not believe it. Um, again, that was another one that I didn't see for quite a while. And then once I saw it, I went, this is what everybody's freaking out about. Um, but no, those were huge. And I think you're right in that some of these old comedies don't hold up well. And I think you're right in that a lot of it might have to do with the writing. Because um, if you think about, you know, these 
people that came up through SNL mm-hmm. and stuff like that um, currently, I think a lot of it is just pointing the camera at them and letting them ad lib the fuck out of it and then being like, well, we'll use whatever works. Yeah. And I just wonder with these, you know, Harold Ramis, like Caddyshack, I, I just wonder if it's really stick to the script, let's go, let's go, except for Bill Murray. They probably just let him do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's the best part of that movie. Yeah. I, I, but then again, for me, I was never a big, I mean, Chevy Chase is just not funny to me in, in general, even on SNL, he was there for a yeah. season, the first season. And then he right. was a guest after that for the rest of the time. Then he was on community and got canceled, yada, yada. And he did the national anthem yeah. movies. I think maybe the iconicness of these actors was because the mm-hmm. rise of national lampoons comedies that brand sure. of these raunchy comp these pre-american pie almost films that yeah. came out let's see in the 80s so after like the hard gritty 70s you didn't get comedies like this and um right you think about yeah, th- af- you know pre-code and then with mm-hmm. the whatever the code uh, daniel explains it better than me what the actual code <laughs> is called because i don't know what the fuck film history is i love what we're talking about <laughs> Pre-code movies in our Caddyshack <laughs> Two episode, <laughs> but you, you know what I, mean? I feel like these national yeah. lampoons at the times were probably cutting edge in terms of comedy. But oh, this sure. is Reagan era America filmmaking, baby. You know, like sex and nudity and PG yeah. movies was rampant, but also probably frowned upon. And you know, I don't know where the fucking motion picture rating agency was because. You know, Caddyshack and Jaws are like PG movies, but I see tits and I see blood on screen, mm-hmm. you know, which God yeah. bless America for that. And uh. no, I yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, I might just have a soft spot for Chevy Chase. Um, and a lot of that, strangely enough, does come from community like those first what was in like the first four seasons of community. Oh, yeah. And then and then he was gone. And I was like. This show fucking sucks now. I was like, how was Chevy Chase like the best part of this show? And Dan Harmon was gone too at that time. But then if you remember, they brought Dan Harmon back and the show still sucked. And I was like, was Chevy Chase the guy holding this together and making it such a great show? Um, I also um, I'm a big fan of the Norm Macdonald movie Dirty Work. Where Chevy oh, Chase oh, is in it. Yeah, and he's yeah. fantastic as that doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. great. I will say Chevy Chase. The best movie he's been in for me that I really enjoyed was Fletch. I watched Fletch so much as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also because, like, pop culture references. You know, he was so aware with that. Sure. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, you know, Christmas Vacation makes the rounds every year, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so you're a Christmas on, Vacation so. guy. Oh. I'm, not a, I'm not a Christmas Vacation guy. I can watch it. It's not something I need to watch every year. Mm-hmm. But it's there, and it's one of those... Um, it's one of those Christmas comedies that I can tolerate. Like I can turn it on. It doesn't upset me, mm-hmm. but I know, I know how many people just know him from that. Oh, weird. Yeah. Weird. Huh? I, you see Christmas vacation um, for me is like with Prancer and like Miracle on 34th street where it's like, if I like have nothing to watch and it's December and I've watched mm-hmm. all the good shit, then I'll put those on. I'll, I'll Russian okay. roulette it. All right, so so you've already watched Home Alone one and two, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll watch Christmas Vacation. I've even gone through the fucking Polar Express, and I'm, yeah. Oof, no, yeah. I I saw a preview for that, and I went, this looks terrifying. <laughs> I'm not watching this movie ever. Yeah, yeah, that that those those movies are like the circle of hell for me. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the first 
Caddyshack, like you said, it feels like a collection of comedy skit bits mm-hmm. thrown yes. together in a movie, and then you show a sex scene or two, and then Roger, Roger Dangerfield says something kind of funny, or but it's not Rodney. That, Rodney, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. He doesn't say anything too funny for me in the movie. No, and and I looked it up because I was like, I can't be alone in not liking this movie. And it really was panned when it came out. Like, oh. it, critics did not like it at the time, and they criticized the movie for having a plot that made no sense and just random scenes inserted. Oh, and even, even Harold Ramis, it was years after the fact, and he's like, everyone loves this movie. He's like, when I watch it, I just see all the mistakes I made as a young writer and things like that. Um, but it's it's just one of those things that has just built a cult following over time. That's a good way to put it. A cult following. Yeah. Yeah. I think a rabid cult following, yeah, it, though. It's it's almost like an 80s staple, but it's also yeah. like, yeah, that's a good way to put that. Because Caddyshack for yeah. me isn't that funny, but it does have like those like weird movie moments like the well we're waiting or the it's in the hole you know oh yeah well the well we're waiting thing is great because uh what's his name i can't think of the guy's name mary tyler moore Mm -hmm. um the actor i mean he's fantastic he's he and bill murray are great in an otherwise you know terrible movie in my opinion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also the fact that that meme is everywhere now (laughs) i love it uh yeah it's 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 weird. I send it to Criterion all the time when they're not making their announcements on the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> but with Caddyshack 2, I will tell you, Doug, I watched it for the first time and I watched it and uh, I saw mm-hmm. the rating and I was like, nah, it's not this bad. <laughs> oh, no. I, You've got to go in with the lowest expectations. I, That's not good. <laughs> I watched this movie on Hulu, just like you, at like 11 yeah. p.m. And I wasn't even drunk. And I yeah. just started watching the whole thing. And um, it was kind of like a, it was a crisis of faith in a way moment where it's like, okay. where, 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 where does film start to like end? And then you're just like questioning whether <laughs> if this is your kind of line of work you want to continue with. And Caddyshack 2 was kind of that, wow. but it wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But it was yeah. also one of those things where it's like, how would any well-intentioned movie lover mm-hmm say, yeah, this checks out. Put it out. <laughs> well, I first of all, I'm glad it's not the worst thing you ever watched in your life. I guess that's good. Yeah, I think um I'm not saying it's I'm not saying you should ever rewatch it. Listen, I'm watching this thing at 9 a.m. with a cup of coffee. I think that's probably the best Maybe way that's, to watch yeah, it's this It's not a late-night watch, but it probably is an early morning. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And one of the worst movies I ever watched yeah. was definitely Uncut Gems and Green Knight, though, for sure, just to clarify that for anybody. Wait, what? Wait, are you serious? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, oh, holy shit. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, I thought Uncut Gems was pretty good, and I haven't seen it's Green Knight. So- Should I stay away from it? <laughs> Green Knight is a solid three at most, and Uncut Gems is a solid two, two and a half at best. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't I wasn't as on board with Uncut Gems as a lot of people. Um, and I'm suddenly anyway. happy with the universe now, Doug. Thank you for coming back on here, <laughs> Doug. You got to explain to me though. How did this movie come out in 1988? Though, how did Caddyshack two? The year that the Blob came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. So many. So you're saying this is worse than the Blob? No, no. no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there, I mean, it just feels so late in the 80s for such an 80s feeling movie. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. This this really does, and I didn't 
read anything about it being shelved or like put no. away for a couple years or anything. They thought like, it was I, ripe. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like it, it's like this is too late in the 80s to put it out. Also, you're way too far removed from the original Caddyshack. Mm -hmm. Like anyone who loved Caddyshack I don't they probably didn't see this movie because first of all, <laughs> this one's rated PG. Yeah. Like that should be a red flag for anyone that enjoyed the original Caddyshack. Yeah, a, a movie that's PG with Randy Quaid seems very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Although Randy Quaid is the only thing in this movie oh. edging it toward a PG-13. I never thought rating. I'd say this, but thank God for Randy Quaid in this movie. The, no, I completely agree. Uh, thank God for Randy Quaid. <laughs> I mean, thank God for Robert Stack yeah. is doing his best in this ridiculous comedy. I really think that he's fantastic. Like Robert Stack for most people my age is the unsolved mysteries guy to me. He was always the villain from Caddyshack 2. <laughs> that is not how he wanted to be remembered. So I apologize to Robert Sack's family. <laughs> uh, I So the thing about Caddyshack 2 that really gets me is that it's such a, right off the bat, an eat the rich vibes type of movie. M way more so than the first movie. Yeah, it, it is, but also... The evil people are like from the historical society. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like they're just trying to preserve landmarks. And Jackie Mason, the hero of this movie, is trying to bulldoze it to put up condos. It's like in the writing room, they switch the heroes and the villains. Well, he's building low-income housing. For, right, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah, it's like someone in the writing room went, holy shit, we really fucked up. So we have to have him say he's building low-income housing at least eight different times in this movie. And then he he's like Willy Wonka in this movie where he's wearing he's wearing so many random like outfits what? and like he's like not he's, he's like in a different world with everyone else yeah he's wearing like a purple suit on the job site for some reason it, it looks ridiculous yeah i frank jackie mason for me and he he he's really entertaining this movie because he's so oblivious mm -hmm. to everything yes he's like yes he's like a which makes no sense when i say this he's an oddly more intelligent ty cobb in this movie or Ty Webb, sorry. Ty Webb, which is uh, Chevy Chase in the movie. Um, where they both are... It's like he's sliding into base with his cleats out to hurt people. <laughs> I was very confused by that reference. I love... Yeah, because Chevy Chase is such an idiot in these movies. Which is I basically Chevy Chase's shtick in a sort of way. Like, very oblivious to things. And I love how... It's fine, yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I think what Chevy Chase is doing is fine. Um... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say Chevy Chase and this, like, is Ty Webb in these movies. He's just like, you know, just kind of like making yeah. quick witted jokes at a moment's notice, um, but just never grasping what reality is. And he's like really mm -hmm. rich. Jack or Jackie Mason in this movie, he's very much like more aware with like maybe the same, you know, budget <laughs> as Ty Webb. I don't know. It's weird that in the opening credits, it says, and Chevy Chase. Like, Chevy Chase is barely in the movie. He's, like, giving, like, a, a guest oh. spot. But he's in this movie fairly enough. He really is. I was surprised by how often he's in it, but I was struck by how often he's in this that 
this had to be a writer in his contract that he is sitting down. <laughs> he is barely standing. He's sitting in a golf cart. He's sitting in a chair. He's sitting at the bar. He walks over to those girls, sits down at their table. Like he's barely standing in this movie. And I love it. I love when he goes to flirt with those girls and he just strikes out. And even when he has a chance at the very end, he still manages to strike out. That part is actually yep. really good writing there. Yeah. Because that's the only reason that scene exists. Like there is no reason to be at that bar. The two of them have a conversation that has absolutely no consequence. It's just for him to hit on those women. <laughs> so like, is the basis of Caddyshack too just, um, a conflict of like, I don't, I don't even know. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, n- it's not even a conflict. It's like the plebeians versus the proletariats in Rome for me. And that's like high yeah. way thinking of it because it's like two rich people. One wants to fight for the low income people and the less fortunate. And then the other side is super rich and wants to make, mm-hmm. you know, fancy but it's, places it's for rich even, people, you know? Yeah, but it's not even like the, the villains of the movie want to bulldoze something to expand this country club. They're just minding their own business (laughs) and trying to protect historical sites. It's such a bizarre conflict that, that is so manufactured for a, a, just a dumb movie. But, but also I think, I think this is the thing that it's probably my best defense of this movie and it's something that I guarantee you, people that despise this movie don't understand. This is a movie for kids. This is a kids movie. <laughs> the original Caddyshack was not. This is a movie for children. So if you step back and you look at it that way, you could say, yeah, this is terrible. But what was I expecting? It's a kids movie. Were you expecting when you watched this movie to hear the words Mandingo and like... No, slave trade. Because <laughs> no, no. my my ears and eyes shut up once I heard that, yeah. and they were bidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right, way to bring that up right after I said it's a kids movie. <laughs> I thought it was like odd, but also hilarious. I was like, oh, this is showing its age right here. But also, it's like yeah. this is something such rich country club people I imagine yeah. would be doing in a way. And oh, sure, you know, like you're bored and, and also, rich. Like, why not? Right. I mean, that's what, um, I don't know, one of them, maybe it's China Phillips. I don't know. One of them even says that, like, this is what they, I think it's Diane Cannon, mm-hmm. who's like, mm-hmm. well, this is a bunch of rich people, and this is what they do to pretend that they're giving back. Yeah. They spend a couple hundred dollars, and, and you know, you make them do menial chores at your house, and the, the money goes to charity, and it, it makes all their shitty behavior worth it then. You know, excuses all that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, no, that was that was something. And then and then in this movie there's even like the lamest of subplots, which is Jackie Mason's daughter like wants to join a country club and and they have this huge blowout fight, like two thirds of the way through this movie. I'm like, that all could have been avoided. Like you're both overreacting to a ridiculous degree. And then at the end she's just kinda like, you know what, Dad? They are jerks. Like, wow, that was a great way to resolve that. Well, yeah, I think it's because she was, like, going to go to college and join a sorority with uh, um, with Robert Stack's daughter. Um, yeah. China Phillips from the group Wilson Phillips. <laughs> and, uh, y- yeah, this movie is a little all over the place with the subplots, but, like, the main 
plot of this movie is driven home and I and that's where the entertainment is. It's just Jackie mm-hmm. Mason and Robert Slack just butting heads constantly because they right. both are wealthy, but Jackie Mason he can take a hint, but he's not taking it because he's equally wealthy. He's so pig-headed too. Like halfway through this movie, I I have forgotten that he's building houses. I, I have forgotten about the historical society. Like none of that stuff is ever brought up or referenced again. Even um, what's her name? She played, uh, she played the bailiff on night court and she's like working the construction site with him. Like she just leaves halfway through this movie. Like she is the voice of reason at the beginning of this movie. And then she's just totally gone. Just like Paul Bartel is totally gone halfway through this movie. And, and I just don't, I don't know why there's there's no connection between what's happening at the beginning and what happens at the end other than the most flimsy of, you know, sort of, I don't even want to call it a plot. It's barely a plot. You're right. This is a kid's movie because it's fun and yeah. entertaining with random spurt moments of humor. Um, yeah. Did you ever think... Yeah, and I'm not trying to sell you on this movie. Did you ever think in your life you would see a piece of cinema where Randy Quaid gives Robert Stack a wedgie? Did you ever think you would see that? I did laugh at that because I was like, there's no fucking way in hell that this is actually going to happen on the, on the golf course. And it does. And just this elderly Robert Stack jumping up in the air while he gets a wedgie and like hobbling away. I and it's on a I fucking Looney Tunes so golf endearing. course. <laughs> right. yes. And also, here's a question I have: I have not watched uh, the the new Space Jam movie, but does this movie take place in that same universe because of the 18th hole and how it's just all <laughs> Warner Brothers characters. Okay, someone who watched Go, uh, Space Jam 2, I think the plot starts a lot better in in Caddyshack 2 versus Space Jam 2. Oh, wow, okay. All right, okay. This, if anybody out there, like if anyone that's like screen captured all the people in the stands in the background and all that, I see it everywhere. If you see... Randy Quaid, Robert Stack. Can you please let me know? Like, I may actually kind of watch that movie. Then. Dude, Space Jam 2. I can't wait to cover it, but I don't have a brave soul who wants to step up and talk about it with me. Can you believe that? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of can. I don't know. Oh, uh, but Caddyshack 2 really is a religious experience. And, and it has these... I'm glad it did something it i there were times where i was chuckling like like how we are tonight where i'm like you know that's kind of funny you know um i i do i think the plot is a lot more digestible in this movie than the first Mm -hmm. one the first one if you ask me what it's about it's about a horny caddy and like yeah a golf tournament of sorts you know and bill murray trying to kill a gopher that's about it for caddyshack for me but in this movie I know what's like the plot and I know what's trying to be said and done. Sure. It's just done in like the most in biblically com- biblical proportions of like, you know, poorly executed <laughs> yeah, ways right. of what the main plot is. I still understand that. And I actually prefer that more than Caddyshack's random, like you said, yes. comedy bit moments that don't go together. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is, this is stupid. I mean, 
There's no doubt it's stupid. But I found it charming. I found parts of it endearing. I don't think anyone in here at all. I mean, I, other than Chevy Chase, I don't think anyone is just cashing a paycheck. They no. all kind of seem to be in this. Like, they kind of seem to be. Randy Quaid is having too much in fun in doing. this movie. Yes. Holy shit, when Randy Quaid puts on pads <laughs> and, and it's like, like <laughs> an ice hockey hole. <laughs> and, and all this random nonsense was punctuated at the end when they finally win the tournament. And I noticed that there have to be at least eight people dressed up as giant golf balls in the background just jumping around. It's pointless nonsense that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I love his scene with the attorneys, Randy Quaid as an attorney, first of all. And he's just, yes. like, threatening them the whole movie. <laughs> There's just so many good moments. I think yeah. I think this movie, like, it definitely does the, what the sequel does, where it's like it replaces actors with different actors that are similar in looks and style. Yes. Strangely enough, I would have bet... That Jonathan Silverman was in the first Caddyshack, right? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just—he's just the same Caddy character, just transplanted eight years into the future. And, I, and even on watching this, I was like, "Is that the same character from the first one? Is he still just a Caddy at this place?" <laughs> but he's barely. But he doesn't get laid in this one, like in the first movie. No, no, no. This is PG. <laughs> The only thing getting laid is an animatronic gopher. And it's a horny one, and it talks more too, right? Yeah, I don't know that there are actual words. And it's Frank Welker doing the voice. <laughs> this is just, this is such a strange movie. I saw that this movie, um, I know they're eight years apart, but um, the original Caddyshack cost, I think it was $5 million. This cost $20 million, and I don't know where that money went. That's, I think it's just the cast. That's just Reaganomics for you there. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I really do just think it's the cast. I really think it's like, all right, Chevy Chase, you're the only one from the original coming back. How much do we have to pay you? And he's like, $10 million. They're like, fuck, okay, come <laughs> on. And they had to pay Dan Aykroyd, Randy Quaid. These aren't cheap. Jackie Mason, Robert Stack, Diane Cannon. Like, I, I don't know how much money these people were commanding, but that had to be where that budget went. Yeah, Jackie Mason in this movie, um, he's really, like, he's the charmer for me. Like, he's ridiculous yeah. with his fucking golf set and everything. But, like, it's instead of, like, a battle of the sexes, it's like a battle of the riches in a way, you know? And uh, it's kind of an interesting premise you don't see in a lot of movies, you know? It's, it's bizarre that he is such a goof. In this movie, and and like I said earlier, it is like they just turned the camera on him and was just like, I don't know, mumble a bunch of nonsense and dance around. <laughs> and the fact that Diane Cannon is so fucking into this I, is yeah. wild. Because honestly, Jackie Mason, this is what's weird about this movie. He seems to honestly be asexual. He seems to have <laughs> no interest in her. And she is draping herself all over him. <sighs> Goodness, yeah. And then hitting on Robert Stack's wife, you know, and like constantly bullying her. It's so funny. But we got to oh, talk about, I don't know. We got to talk about Dan Aykroyd, though. He's just, I, he is, he's I, in a different planet. And I, I mean, no way in hell someone was like, hey, Dan, just 
I just uh, just do this voice the whole time. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know he brought that to set, and the director was just like, what is happening here? What, what's going was on? Was it an inside joke, or is there something in, like, the Criterion extra features in the supplements of this movie that I, it's like... I don't... I don't, I'm not familiar enough with like late 70s, early 80s SNL to know if he has brought a character from there into this movie. Like, I know all the big ones. Like, I know the wild and crazy guys. And when he pulls up in the, in the uh, food truck, I was even like, oh yeah, he's going to like do the cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. <laughs> no, he doesn't. It is this bizarre voice. If he did and, the cheeseburger thing, I would have cracked up laughing. That would yes, be hilarious. Exactly. I cannot believe that that isn't where that was going. <laughs> He's an ex-military <laughs> assassin working a taco food truck. Uh, <laughs> good question. I think that's a question, and I don't think I can answer that question. It just that part of the movie was him and Robert Stack. Talk, even Robert Stack looks like he's looking at the camera, like, "Am I really doing this right now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Is this what it's become of my career? I mean." You know, disregard the, the 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 him working in a construction field and right. and Jackie Mason playing indoor golf with Chevy Chase. <laughs> it's like the moment for me was like Dan Aykroyd is really doing this bit right yeah. now. That's a he's really doing it. And th- there is, um, <laughs> I kind of think it's funny when he says to Robert Stack, he's like, and from now on, you're gonna be known as Mrs. Esterhouse and. Robert Stack's reaction to that punctuates what you're saying about this because he literally just goes, okay, sounds good, and walks away. <laughs> like, that's kind of how that scene ends. Robert Stack has had enough of this. It's like, yeah, as a kid, I think it'd be really funny to talk like that. I would uh, bug the sure. shit out of my parents talking like that. Oh, um, yeah. I'm sure I went to my parents all the time and was like, keep your eye <laughs> on the fruit. And, and, and he's, he's, I mean, he's obviously dialing in. A Bill Murray type of impression of the oh. slobbery, who's in the hole, you know, kind yeah. of Bill Murray thing, but he's doing his own spin. I totally get that. I just cannot believe Dan Aykroyd was like, this is going to be funny, right? <laughs> like, this is going to. I just, again, I just can't think that anyone watching this movie, again, a children's <laughs> movie, was sitting there going, how are they ever going to one up? That Bill Murray character. I can't wait for them to do something very similar, yet really stupid. Like, no kid watching this has any idea what Caddyshack was. They have no reference for this. It comes out of nowhere. And like I said, and I'm not just saying this to sound like I am, you know, above his performance. Even as a kid, it was the worst part of the movie. Yeah, because he's basically is he plays like second fiddle to the gopher, which I feel like the gophers yeah. in the first movie were more prevalent than this one. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Like the, they're showing way too much of this gopher in this <laughs> movie. Like they show his lair. He's his, we almost get full gopher in this, which is ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. just stick a puppet in there or something. This bizarre animatronic looks okay, awful. When they when uh, when Dan Aykroyd's trying to blow up his hideout. I thought I kept mm-hmm. thinking, this shot looks expensive. Is this where most of the budget yeah. went? Yeah, it may have been. What I was thinking is, does no one at this country club hear this right now? <laughs> like, is no one concerned? I will say the uh, 
I really enjoyed the golf because both movies have like an end of the movie golf competition Mm -hmm. with like stakes on the line. I really enjoyed it in this movie because it's uh, Jackie Mason and the caddy that's dating his daughter in Mm -hmm. a way. And um, I really enjoy it. I think it's 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 funny and it's it feels like the golfing is at center. I'm not even a big golf fan, but like it felt like the golf itself was in center stage this movie has more golfing than the first movie as well i feel like you know and i love how chevy yeah, it, chase introduces the tournament and he goes like all right i'm going home see you <laughs> he literally just leaves it, it, yeah, <laughs> that really was that was like robert stack and that's that i guarantee you that was chevy chase's last day on set and that was probably real when he looks at his wrist he's not wearing a watch that's a recurring joke mm-hmm. and he goes i got a thing and walks out of this movie <laughs> And I, I think you're right. Um, I enjoy how much golf is in this. And I do think it was a good decision by the filmmakers to go, you know what's really boring? Golf. So <laughs> we're going to have more of it in here. We have to do something else. I loved seeing all of the wacky, insane different holes. The fact that it's a, it's basically, you know, miniature golf for adults. Yes. I thought that was really fun as a kid. And I still kind of liked it when I watched it now. <laughs> It, yeah, like I said, I, I think this movie is a good like morning watch movie. Like you want yeah. something to get your day started of sorts, you know. I think Caddyshack Two is definitely a good opener um, to like a comedy marathon. Maybe you're having, you know. I don't a, comedy, a good opener. <laughs> you mean while most people are still at work, like if you're doing a marathon, you're like, let's play this around two p.m. <laughs> no, I, I want it in the brisk day, like when most golfers get right. up and go golfing. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I know, you know, I know you don't like it, but I, I like talking to you about this because, um, you know, I think, and I don't mean to get serious about fucking Caddyshack too. That's ridiculous. (laughs) But if, if people have never seen it and you've only heard it's the worst movie ever made and you've checked out that Rotten Tomato score, would you call it Tamama Mater or something like that? If you've looked at that 4%, please go in with the lowest expectations and just watch this. Like, I think people might kind of enjoy this movie. I think it's due for like a renaissance, let's say. <laughs> I had a hell of a time watching it by myself with my cat drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was a good, it was a good, don't give your cat alcohol. First <laughs> of all, <laughs> I had, I had a good time watching it and it, there were parts where I was like, what the fuck is happening? You know, I, I, um, I, I, I like that. And you know, part of this show, when I told someone I work with, who's a, who, yeah. who he, he likes watching movies. Now he loves those, uh, those Christopher Nolan movies and and a lot of really you know popular movies right now and he he knows his hey, shit. Hey, I like Memento too. Yeah, he's pushing me to watch <laughs> Memento and he's getting close to anybody. Oh, ever you've has. never seen no, it? No, I haven't. I don't know what. Film oh, is. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to build it up because it probably won't live up to any expectations. But um, it's it's the best thing I think he's ever done. So. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I like talking to him about movies and he, he gave the courtesy and listened to this podcast. And, mm. uh, and when I told him about, he's like, what are you going to be talking about after transformers? And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Wrapping it up with Caddyshack too. And he goes like, Oh, that's so sick. I never knew there was a Caddyshack too. <laughs> <laughs> I, right before we started recording, 
I just I wanted to go to IMDb so I had you know the characters' names up and, and stuff like that just so I could quickly reference. Yeah. And so I typed Caddyshack two into Google, and you know how they'll they'll give you like questions like the top three things people type in. Oh, no. The first one was, did they ever make a Caddyshack two? <laughs> But, they, you know, that's part of the show. You know, we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love and attention. And um, Sure. This is a movie that doesn't get enough attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Doug, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on oh. to talk about movies. Again, I never knew existed, but I'm glad they do. <laughs> You know, I'm 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 really happy. And, and I mean, I'm not I'm not demanding to come back on, but I really feel like I have to bring something big next time. Like, I feel like this really, you know, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Great movie. Super fun. But boy, I, I feel like I really elevated my game with this one. So I feel like I have to find <laughs> something just as insane or just as lost to time or something. Or again, dig around in my stupid brain and think like, what did I watch as a kid that I really liked that's absolute garbage? <laughs> that's what I look for with gas, Doug. And that's why I remember right. thinking before recording, like when I woke up this morning, I was like, how the fuck do I talk about Caddyshack too? And here I am an over an hour in talking about this with you. And I, I just, I, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. I couldn't think of another oh, movie to you. talk about that like symbolizes our, um, our kind of energy in a way. And I really appreciate it. I want to keep writing this wave. And uh, I really, anticip- I'm hotly anticipating what movie you can think about oh. to throw my way. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to really, really start to think about this. And can I just say one thing? I host, and this is not a plug. This is this is getting this is going somewhere. I host an '80s movie podcast, and we have been doing this for nearly seven years. And I am so proud to say that I have talked about Caddyshack two before I talked about Caddyshack. <laughs> I did notice that. I I I, I, I was kind of happy to hear that too. You. you uh, <laughs> I love how we're talking shit on Caddyshack, which is the more well-regarded, and then we're like oh, talking and talking up Caddyshack too. It's uh, I, I I'm never I'm never gonna pretend to like something that I absolutely despise. <laughs> well, I don't care. <laughs> well, I think it's a mission accomplished on our end, Doug, because I heard a lot of people yeah. saying like, "Yeah, Caddyshack, whatever." But we'll be interested to hear what you have to say about uh, with Caddyshack too. You know, that's my Dan. Was that your Dan Aykroyd impression? You kind of you didn't lean into it enough. Not that's what not it was a, not enough end. rum and coke, I guess, for that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but Doug, again, my man. Thank you thank so you. much. Oh, thank you. This is so much fun. I, I love talking to you. Um, I love your show. I think a couple episodes, um, you joked the, the fact that you think I probably just listen to it when I'm drunk. That's only like true half the time. <laughs> yeah. I was, it does make the show better. No offense. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I would hope my parents drink when they listen to this too. Um, <laughs> but Doug, I can't wait to have you back on again, man. And uh, that, it's always a pleasure. And for those who are insane and haven't listened to your podcast, um, where can people find it and uh, and plug into it? Oh, just wherever you get podcasts, uh, find good times, great movies. Um, I do host another podcast. I don't plug this one a, a whole lot. I don't know why I don't. Um, probably because it's going to sound uh, super cheesy. Um, my wife and I 
do a podcast together Ooh. and it is a Schitt's Creek podcast. So if that oh. sounds interesting to anyone, uh, it's called Shits and Giggles. Uh, you can find that too. So I'm going to plug that. That sounds awesome. That's not a joke. That Everything I just said sounds like a joke. It's 100% serious. It sounds so fun. <laughs> I, I, I got into Shits Creek last year and uh, I, I'm... It's really great. Yeah. I'm going to have to tune that one in. I'm going awesome. to plug that in for all those who are listening in. And if you're listening in and this is your first time, God, you know, help your soul. Um, <laughs> but you can always find us um, at SequelPod um, on Twitter. You can always email the show as well at SequelPod at gmail.com. We're always taking, um, um, you know, recommendations and, and, and uh, comments. Those are always great. If you want to see my thoughts on the current state of boutique labels and my latest um passive aggressiveness towards movies um you can follow me at hertastic underscore chris as well um i want to thank you all for tuning in i want to thank doug mccambridge for coming on and uh giving us such a good um end of the month i'm so i'm I'm happy to you know been been here for this one and i'm excited to put this one out for everyone to devour um but i have to leave everyone with this if you aren't fucking with caddyshack 2 do you really care about cinema anyway See you next time.